Hello, uh, welcome back to another episode of Pastor Vic's Nuggets of Truth. And we're going to continue to uh, look at uh, the significance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at the, how, the significance of the very first Pentecost, where the baptism of the Holy Spirit is released. So as a Christian, it's important to understand what happened or what happened in Acts chapter 2. I believe that this chapter holds the key to living in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit, which was made available to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior, our Savior, Lord, the Lord Jesus, He's alive, and He lives to, act, to actively give us everything we need to live an abundant life. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, The thief, that's the devil, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, trusting in Jesus is not some empty ritual or religious superstition. Trusting in Jesus is a genuine response based on the relationship that God established between himself and mankind. The Apostle Paul says in, in 2 Peter 1-2, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let me say that again. He's given us everything we need that we need in life and also to live righteously. That's what godliness means. And it's all through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given to us exceedingly great and precious, what? Promises. Let me say that again. Precious promises. That through those, through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now, one of those promises mentioned above is the promise of a helper, whom Jesus describes in detail in John's Gospel. I refer you to John 14, 16, 14, 26, John 15, 26, and then John 16, 7. So being a Christian means that we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it also means that we, we, we try to live up to the teachings of Jesus Christ. In, in Romans 12, verse 2, we get a glimpse of what Jesus wants his believers to experience. And he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, Romans 12.2 simply means that, you know, that, that we're, not being, we're not trying to, to follow some pattern. We're not working on the outside or to copy something or a type of behavior, but, but we want to be transformed. That means that there's a change on the inside, the place where the Holy Spirit works that leads to an entirely new way of seeing and living life. What happened on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is the fulfillment of the promise of divine help to live the Christ-centered life and to live it in victory. Now before we go on, we need to make a distinction between the Jewish Pentecost and the Christian Pentecost. You know, why did the Lord choose the day of Pentecost to pour out His Holy Spirit? And so, let's, let's look at the difference between the two. The Jewish Pentecost, now, the Jews, that's a Greek word. 
uh, and it means 50th. In Hebrew, the word is not Pentecost, it's Shavuot, which also means 50th. This holiday, also called the Festival of Weeks, celebrates the giving of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, on Mount Sinai to Moses, as well as the grain harvest for the summer. In biblical times, Shavuot was one of the three pilgrimage festivals in which all the Jewish men would go to Jerusalem and they would bring their first fruits as an offering to God. Shavuot comes 50 days after Passover. That's where they get the 50th day. So they have Passover, 50 days later, they have Shavuot, which we call Pentecost. Now, this explains why so many people in, were in Jerusalem from all over Israel and even beyond its borders. Now, I believe that, that the Lord chose this time to pour out His Spirit on as many who would believe and that there would be witnesses to carry the message of what they experienced and they saw and heard in Jerusalem that day. Now, the Christian Pentecost really began on that day of Pentecost. Uh, on, of the Jewish, the Jewish Pentecost. The, the, first, the first Pentecost, in our sense, came 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. We usually celebrate that as Easter, when as Christians we know that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus told his followers to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which we now understand as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts chapter 2. Now, there are three important things that happen on this first day of Pentecost. Number one, the church is established with a mission. It wasn't designed just as a gathering place, but it was designed as a place where people would come to be discipled, to be trained up, so that they would go out and share the word. The word church in the original Greek is ekklesia, which means called out ones. You see, we're called out of the world into the kingdom of God. The second thing that took place is that the church is given its mission, the Great Commission, which is given by Jesus at the end of each of the four Gospels. And then again, we see it in Acts 1.8. And Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we see that we need Holy Spirit power to be an effective witness for Jesus uh, in, in, in all the areas that we go. The third thing that happened was that Jesus ascended into heaven. In Acts 1-9, the scriptures tell us, Now when he had spoken these things, speaking of Jesus, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. You see, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to descend from heaven. The promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Jesus went up. The Holy Spirit came down to empower the believers. Look at what Acts 1-4 says. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Notice the phrase Jesus that Jesus used. He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As believers, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us when we are born again. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is another experience when we surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit and by faith exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, now it's really time to, to let's take a really look at, at the first four verses in Acts chapter 2. And so, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, when Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And then finally, verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, they didn't do it on their own. The Spirit urged them, influenced them, directed them to speak in tongues. Let's examine verse 1. There were 120 in the upper room, waiting, anticipating what the Lord had promised. Now, I'm not sure how the you know, they were not sure how the Lord would show up. However, they were expecting. So many think that they have to understand what God will do before they will believe. Yet, the opposite is true. True faith means that you believe even when you don't know how God will work it out. What what's, has helped me to understand faith is to remember that God's ways are not the ways of humankind and that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I lean back on Isaiah chapter 55 beginning in verse 8 where the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We don't, we don't need to understand. We just need to trust and obey. Then in verse 2, it says, The sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house. The word wind here can also be translated as breath, similar to the word wind in John 3, 7. As a matter of fact, similar to the word of spirit, pneuma, which is breath. In John 3, 7, it says, Do not marvel that I said to you that you must be born again. Remember, this is a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, you see, Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit, and he's using the illustration of the wind. Then, that, and that's the connection to that verse. So, verse 3, there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. You know, I can't help but recall the prophecy of John the Baptist in Matthew 3.11. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, as he's speaking to the people. But he, meaning the Messiah, meaning Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. But listen to what he said. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, the Holy Spirit and fire. That is the symbolism there, the Holy Spirit and fire. Wind and, 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 and pneuma, the breath of God. And so we see all of this is not talking about a physical manifestation. Well, it is talking about a, a physical manifestation of a spiritual event. Then we look at verse 4. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the word filled in this verse can easily be translated as influenced by, directed. 
as they were influenced or directed by the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues. What we discover if we read on is that there were people from all over the known world who could understand what they were saying. But those that were speaking didn't necessarily know what they were saying. You know, they, 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 but it made sense to the other listeners who recognized that what they were doing is that they were praising God. You know, I've been to many countries where people speaking in their native languages did not make any sense to me. It often sounded like babbling to me, but it made sense to those who was meant to communicate for or to communicate with. In the same way, when we talk about praying or speaking in tongues, we are communicating spirit to spirit. Speaking in tongues is the language of the spirit. In John 4, verse 23, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God, verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We can worship and pray with our understanding, but a more powerful way is to learn how to pray in the spirit. You see, when you, pray in the, when you pray with your understanding, you're limited by your human mind or your intellect. However, when you pray in the Spirit, all obstacles are removed. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us, with groanings or sounds which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is making intercession for you as you pray, as you speak in tongues. The Lord has given us the ability to pray in the Spirit, as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers and their actions. Remember, the Holy Spirit was given to us as a helper to live the Christian life and to give us boldness to fulfill the call of God on our lives. You know, I believe it's a lonely Christian and a weak believer who denies the work of the Spirit in their lives. Praying in tongues is a gift of Jesus and is meant to encourage us to build up our confidence and our faith in the Lord and what he can accomplish in and through us. In Jude 1.20, the scripture tells us to, that, to, that tells us to maintain our life with God by praying in the Spirit. That's what he says. Literally, he says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your holy, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that's available to every born-again believer. Now, I know there are some who believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for the apostles. It was a single event. Well, I say to you, the scriptures support the fact that it's an experience that every believer can have, not an event that happened 2,000 years ago, never happen again. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who sent the Holy Spirit. So how can anyone deny a gift from the one 
who saved us and sealed us with his spirit. Now again, I know there are some who say that what happened on Pentecost Day then was simply an event and that that event only occurred once because the apostles needed supernatural anointing at the start of the Christian church. However, there were at least 120 in the upper room who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not just 12. And countless others as we continue to read the book of Acts and the epistles or the letters to the church. So, let me close with a verse from Peter's very first sermon. Remember, he preached that powerful sermon and thousands came to know Jesus Christ that day and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For here we go. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord will call. Let me repeat verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord will call. We are the afar off. The Bible and history shows countless times how important the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues was and continues to be even today. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by, and the speaking in tongues, don't hesitate to ask the Lord to fill you today. Your Father in heaven knows how to give good gifts to his children. Jesus said as much in Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 13. You know, he was speaking to the, the leaders and the Pharisees. He says, if then being evil, speaking of the Pharisees, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You see, all you need to do is to ask him sincerely. In closing, Jesus said to John, or says in John chapter 7, verse 38, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing him would receive. Remember, he's alive, so they haven't received the Spirit yet. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Listen, Jesus has ascended on Pentecost Day and he's been glorified. So I encourage you, ask and receive. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to you. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would just, um, just, just by your Spirit, just encourage those who, who are searching for truth in the area of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who are searching for the power and the authority that they might live the Christian life, that are searching for the power and authority to be a witness for you, not only in their hometowns, in their families, but literally throughout the world. And so, Lord, I just ask for your anointing on them. Lord, just as they listen to this, this message, as they watch this on video, Lord, that you would just touch them and you would touch them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We ask this in your name, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. God bless you.